1: This is the greatest lie about capitalism you will ever hear, and we're going to take it to pieces. And it is the idea that capitalism is the cure for poverty, that capitalism has lifted billions of humans out of abject squalor and poverty and insecurity, that as an engine of innovation and entrepreneurship, that in doing all of its magical things, it it creates wealth, which doesn't just end up in the pockets of the rich, but benefits the all of us. And that is human progress driven by capitalism. It's best summed up, or eloquently, I'd say, in the words of the Russian chess grandmaster, Garry Kasparov, capitalism is the greatest destroyer of poverty in world history, and socialism its greatest creator, rivaling war. That's a claim you'll hear over and over again. Capitalism has rescued billions from poverty. Hallelujah. Now, consider first the work of Jason Hickel. He's an economic anthropologist. And he wrote a really fascinating essay, which really partly takes this to pieces, to be honest with you. So he he, he notes this widely circulated graph showing the proportion of people living in poverty has fallen from ninety four percent in eighteen twenty to just ten percent today. Wow! Incredible! Look what capitalism has done. No wonder it was shared by the likes of Bill Gates, showing the wonders of capitalism and showing why critics like myself are so wrong-headed. Now, the first point Hickel made is that real data on poverty has only really been collected since 1981. So if you're going back before then, you're on pretty dodgy grounds. It's not actually accurate data. You're not comparing like and like either. Because for much of history, uh, much of humanity didn't use or depend on money. Um, you had these subsistence economies where, you know, the things you relied on in order to live were available without cash. Land, forest, livestock, water, forest, forest what he said, forest. But then colonisation happened and it imposed a capitalist labour system. So from then on, people were forced from their lands into mines, plantations and factories owned by Europeans. Uh, who And then they paid the people, they colonised tiny amounts of money instead to live. That isn't a key element, though. That is an important element, I would say. But the trend that the graph showing how poverty is being crushed by capitalism is based on a poverty line of one.90 a day that's um I mean what trying to think what that is in pounds but you get the impression $1.90 dollar ninety a day um the equivalent of what one dollar ninety could buy in the US this graph back in 2011 it's an obscenely low by any standards um, as he, Uh, says. He says, we have now have piles of evidence that people living just above this line have terrible levels of malnutrition and mortality. Earning $2 per day doesn't mean that you're somehow suddenly free of extreme poverty. Not by a long shot. Of course. Spot on. Which is why as Jason Hickel noted, scholars were arguing for a more reasonable poverty line for years um, and a minimum of $7.40 a day for basic nutrition and normal human life. I mean, even that is pushing it, let's be honest with you. Uh, But Others, for example, suggest the Harvard economist Lance Pritchard that the poverty line should be set even higher at $10 to $15 a day. I mean, even then, look, let's be honest, we're talking about ridiculously low sums of money. But if we're going to just, you know, as Jason Hickel said, let's be flexible about this. If let's go for $740 per day, just to be, you know, not, I mean, that's, that's an obscenely low amount of money. Some would argue we should set it higher, but let's just go for that, he says. And then he says, "If you, the number of people living under the slide increased dramatically since measurements began in 1981, reaching 4.2 billion people when he wrote this article in 29. I'm sure it's even greater today. And the point he makes is all the gains have virtually happened in one place, China. So it's disingenuous to say, well, that's neoliberalism. We'll talk about China shortly, um, because that's, not free market capitalism in by any stretch. And he said if you take China out of the equation, then it looks even worse because over the four decades since 1981, the number of people in poverty has gone up, but the percentage has remained stagnant at 60%.
0: Now,
1: could go on. Let's 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 take keep looking at the facts and the evidence under this. So the world and the our world in data series, which you might look it up online, loads of useful graphs, very, very useful. And according to that, just 15% of humans are unpoor, the other 85% earn less than $30 a day. So it's very important to just note just how difficult the lives are of the vast majority of humanity. Now, as Jacobin Magazine points out, the commonly used cutoff of $1.90 a day only comes to $694 a year. That represents 6% of the US federal poverty line. So they look at 2009 to 2019, where... The global personal income pie grew by $37 uh, $37 trillion. That is a lot of money. So that's people's personal income globally. But of that, the top decile took $8.7 trillion. That's 24%. Whilst the bottom deciles got $25 billion, 0.07%. So the poor got 0.07%, 345 times less than the rich of that income, In between 2009 and 2019. So, growth was being sucked into the pockets of those at the very top, not those who are poor.
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. The other
1: key point to make is that when we talk about the improvements in people's living standards, they're often based on struggles against capitalism. So if we think, for example, of wages going up, well, in large part, that is throughout history, trade unions organising collectively in order to raise the wages of those that they represent. And, and, Studies, for example, in the United States shows that is a impact not just on unionized workers, but they drive up the wages also of non unionized workers. There's the other point that often social democratic parties came to power. And they imposed constraints on capitalism. They they rolled back the frontiers of capitalism in a the sense they set up publicly funded and run welfare states, public services like education and public health, and redistributive taxation systems. So all of them, obviously, wasn't about capitalism just doing its thing and creating wealth, but social democratic parties putting checks on the power of capitalism in order to ra- raise the living standards of those that they represented. Going further, if we look, for example, about those who've enacted free market capitalism as a policy. So Latin America really was the testing ground for neoliberalism, as we call it. The rolling back of the state, privatisation, deregulation, slashing taxes on the rich and so on. Now, what happened in Latin America in the 1980s when this was absolutely rampant? Um, In 1980, 40.5% of Latin America lived below the poverty line. By 1990, it had risen to 48.3%. So you've got a dramatic increase. Even by 2002, it hadn't got back to where it was in 1980. But since then, you've got a range of governments throughout Latin America, which have enacted mass social reforms, rolled back free market capitalism, And as a consequence, poverty on the eve of the pandemic fell to about 28 percent. So you've got dramatic falls in poverty, not because of free market capitalism, but because of governments that rejected free market capitalism. Now, this point about China is a really important one because China was an unpleasant dictatorship, which is not something any of us should wish to emulate. But if we're looking at poverty reduction there, we'd have to note that that is a state-managed economy in, in lots of basic ways. That you have, if you like, the, the key commanding heights of the economy under state ownership, like finance. You've got 150,000 state-owned Chinese enterprises. Um, of the 117 mainline Chinese companies which make it into the top 500 list of global companies, 91 are owned by the state. Public assets are worth 150% of the country's gross uh, domestic economy compared to less than 50% in all other, in, in almost all major capitalist economies. Mass public investment worth four times the rate of Britain or the US and three times more public productive assets as privately owned assets compared to half as much in Britain and the US. So it's basically, you can't look at that and go, well, that's free market capitalism doing its thing. That is state managed. Again, you're having constraints put on capitalism rather than just capitalism red in tooth um, and claw doing its thing. The the other point is, if we look at, you know, capitalism creating all these ideas and innovation that take on poverty, as the work of Professor Mariano Mazzucato points out, much of what those innovations are actually created by public sector research. So take... This iPhone, for example, the voice activated Siri innovation created by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, the publicly run um, agency for developing uh, military. The the GPS, again, used for um, those of us who get lost while we're traveling around major cities. Uh, created by the U.S. Department of Defense. The invention of LCD technology, funded by the U.S. Army and DARPA again. Touchscreen technology made possible research at the publicly funded University of Delaware, with grants from from the public sector, National Science Foundation and the CIA. The internet itself was a spin-off of a DARPA-funded project. The creation of the Google algorithm was funded by, again, by the National Science Foundation. The arrival of the silicon chip, depended on public sector research and development. We could go on. This phone is full of things which were created by public sector research. This idea that capitalism is out there, through innovation, entrepreneurship, as the, you know, creating this vast amount of wealth. Well, the evidence doesn't stack up that so much of our progress is done because of public sector research, but also the improvements in living standards partly down to technological progress, but also partly down to people struggling against capitalism. And indeed, if we look at a more reasonable definition of poverty, then you haven't had the massive reductions in poverty that have been claimed. And where you have, you have it in a country which in no way can be presented as an icon of free market capitalism. This is all based on a myth, a lie, a con, and I think it needs to be exposed even further. Please like, subscribe and these supports on patreon.com forward slash ownjoes84. See you soon.
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it.